Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Welcome to Invasion of Privacy. I'm Kate Wolf, and today I have returning guest Liz Mealy is here. She's here in my house. I'm in New Jersey. I try not to come here. I know. I was like, do you have a car? It's mostly because I grew up in Jersey, so I'm just like, "Mm, I'm good. Wait, where in Jersey did you grow up? Uh, Right outside of Princeton. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay. I have some good friends that live in Princeton. I love that area. I didn't know you were in Princeton. Yeah, I mean, like, my parents, it's so funny, so we, I grew up, like, in Princeton when I was younger, and then we went to this small town called Pennington, and that's, like, where I went to middle school and high school, and then my parents are trying to sell the house, so now they're, like, in a tiny house, like, almost, it's basically, they have the, they bought the house next to my childhood house, so they destroyed my childhood house, and they bought (laughs) our neighbor's house, and then they renovated it, and now they're back into this other, like, literally, when I was a kid, I was one of five kids, and I shared a room with my little brother and my little sister, my baby brother was, like, in my mom's room. And my sister had her own room. And then um, my parents converted the garage into it. Like, they took, like, a two-bedroom and made it into, like, a four-bedroom. And there were seven people. And then often we would have, like, au pairs or something because my mom had too many kids. So there's, like, a million people in this house. (laughs) One bathroom, by the way. Um, And then, like, eventually when I was, like, 13, my parents started to, like, have money and, like, pay off their student loans and, like, whatever. So we, like, were in, like, a house with, like, everybody got a room. And then my parents are like back. It's like almost like a blast from the past. It looks almost exactly like my childhood home. It's so weird. That's so funny. I can't believe you. I forget that you had so many people in your house growing up. Oh, my God. It's I I often think like um, when people complain about like roommates and I'm just like, this is pretty good for me. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like my apartment right now, I have two roommates and we have two bathrooms and that's like psh- heaven. What? Meanwhile, my fucking place. I loved showing you. Oh, my God. I mean, of course, you're far out of the city. Yeah. So that's what happens. Yeah. But for me, it's the finished attic here that yeah. really makes this place ridiculous. But I mean, the fact that you have space like I I can't imagine having a son where you both want to be there for him and like be attentive and be available. But then also you're still like I still think of myself where like there's so many people I love that there is a time limit on you know yeah that love (laughs) you know what I mean we're like it's nice to have a room where you're like hey I'm gonna go upstairs and read you know what I mean I need it and I it's funny because I'm sure I always needed it and the more healing work I do the more I'm like yo I get fucking cranky and I need space yeah like I always thought of myself as an angel which is ridiculous and I'm like wait no I can be a raging cunt (laughs) and when that happens, it's best I go take some space because my brain starts to feel like it's frying. You know, yeah. it's like the circuits are like, zzz, zzz, and I'm yeah. just like, if I try to fight through that, yeah. Shane suffers. Yeah. Because then I'm all cranky and he's like, mom, can I get a drink? I'm like, I yeah. It's like, yeah, why yeah. am I answering like that? Of course, you can yeah, get a drink. Yeah. So I've noticed when I get there, I need space. Go upstairs, have some alone time, calm the fuck down. Yeah. I mean, lately I've been raging, by the way. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. I can't yeah. Wait for it to Welcome. Like, Come into yeah, my yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm there like I'm offering you a beverage. Yeah. I'm like, what do you need? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I used to have really bad mood swings when I was like a teenager in my early 20s. And I think a mixture of going off birth control and therapy have kind of helped me. Because now when I do kind of like turn because it's like I get triggered or whatever, I, I can say it like, hey, I'm having a really bad day. I'm not going to come over or, hey, I'm in a mood. 
So I'm going to have cookies. We're going to see if that <laughs> fixes it. And then maybe we just watch a movie. Like, like, yeah, like almost telling somebody how to kind of take care of me in this like shitty state. Because like you said, you're like, you see yourself reacting in a way that you're like, this isn't who I want to be. Like, yeah. that's always the worst when you're like being a bitch to somebody and you're like, hey, I'm so sorry. This is who I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop it. <laughs> exactly. And it like, it's funny. I, um, I did a show yesterday at, uh, um, UCB East and uh, you know Katina Correo her name's very familiar she's been around forever she's awesome and she's super sweet and really funny but she was just like you know nobody says anything mean about you like everybody like you're just the nicest and I was like you know what's funny is like that like my dad raised me like my parents raised me to be a nice person but as I've gotten older it's much harder to be nice <laughs> so that is like more a compliment now than it was 10 years ago because 10 years ago it was like this automatic politeness but now it's like I'm tired I'm broke I'm grumpy I'm frustrated you know what I mean like, yeah. it's like anything and so when somebody's just like yeah you're a really nice person I was like yeah I work really hard not to be myself <laughs> yeah, I am trying not to snap at people all, all the, the time, time. Yeah. yeah and so like and not to say that I'm not myself but I now know like my little sister we talk like every couple of days but she'll call me up and she's like hey and I'll be like not today I'm sorry I can't be there for you she's like got it <laughs> because before we would get in these fights and she wouldn't talk to me for a couple of days because she was like you weren't sensitive or you didn't listen you're a bitch and now I can be like today's not a good day and she's like I'll find someone else yeah <laughs> and it's helpful to be able to like be like be like hey I can't be there for you today or I'm not a hundred percent or you know you're gonna cry and I'm gonna be like suck it up and it's not what you want to hear and it's like I've gotten better at letting people know when I can't be there for them and that is like saved so much face and I think I think the important part is that your shame body has to be big enough to even do that meaning like I wasn't even until recently able to acknowledge I'm really cranky right now or I'm really angry like I was so ashamed to see that I wasn't perfect and that I had these moods that were quote-unquote ugly and not just moods like behaviors that could also be ugly when in that mood so I think like even just like allowing yourself without shame to be like Oh, I'm fucking raging right now. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. when you can own it, like you're saying, everyone wants to, it's, it's better for everyone because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not helping anyone to force yourself to hang out when you're in a crappy mood. And then everyone's like, why am I hanging out with this yeah, bitch? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It, it's probably been the best lesson to be able to just tell somebody like, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not the version of myself you think I am. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I just can't, I can't live up to that today. And that's been it's been really helpful. It's like I, I, I was never a fighter, so I never like had arguments with people, but I would like pull away or like shut down or like not be there. And so now I feel like when I am with people, I'm more present. Yeah, that's awesome. Because like at least they know. Or it's like that's the best is when you tell somebody like, hey, I'm in a bad mood. I'm being a super bitch. But yeah, you can come over and they're like, cool, I'll be over. And you're like, <laughs> oh, wait, good for you. <laughs> like way to brace friends, the storm. Friends, <laughs> yeah, till the end. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, I'm really proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you not scared of me. That's amazing. <laughs> I can be scary when my fucking storm tornado is going. I can definitely. And I think because I'm so into healing work. And I said this on my last podcast where some people are like, oh, Kate's always so positive. And this, I'm like, that's great that you see that because I think that's a big part of me. But I'm also a tornado a lot of the times. And when I'm in a bad mood, I can accidentally hurt people. Not that I'm proud of that. Yeah. But like, I think what is helping, though, is what you're saying. It's like today I got Shane from his dad's and I was in the crankiest fucking mood, just rageful. Yeah. And he could tell. And I didn't I didn't say it to him yet. Yeah. So he was like, I could feel Shane was on edge, yeah, like, like, oh, anxious. God, is she mad at me? Yeah. Which is so sad, right? Yeah. Until he did something that annoyed me and I like snapped and I could feel him being like, oh, and then I was like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. It is not about you. I am so rageful and cranky. And he goes, he was so sweet. He goes, yeah, I could feel it. And he goes, <laughs> but he said it like nice. He was like, he's like, what's up? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just cranky. He's like, okay. And it, it. But just stating it and presencing my horrific mood changed the whole thing. Suddenly we could talk. Yeah. And but it was so funny how I for whatever reason I didn't say it at first. Yeah. Like I didn't even think to say it. 
Yeah, no, I it's I feel because like I have a lot of like stomach issues, which kind of affect my mood a lot. So sometimes just telling like my boyfriend or a friend like, hey, my stomach really hurts and I don't feel good and I kind of just I feel awful. And they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. Is there anything I can do? And I'm like, no. And then just be, like almost telling somebody like I don't feel my best. It's like it kind of allows you to kind of relax a little bit, which takes a little bit away from the tension, which kind of takes almost a little bit away from the pain. And it's like both with like physical pain and I think emotional pain, like just kind of acknowledging that it's happening instead of fighting it the whole time, because God forbid anybody finds out you're human. Yeah. And it really I mean, it, it, it truly does make a difference. I mean, sometimes you're there and you can't get out of it and it is what it is. But like I think the worst I feel is when I do say something I regret or I do yeah. snap at somebody and like sometimes you can't avoid it. So like if I can preemptively be like, hey, I told you I was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> this is not on me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anything I do from here on out yeah, is excused. Yeah, no. yeah, no, it's kind of your fault. <laughs> yeah. You want to be around this. Here yeah, yeah, you go. Yeah. I do like the idea that you murder somebody and you're like, I did tell. The person I was in a mood. <laughs> I said I had a tummy ache. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want from me? They kind of knew what they were getting into. <laughs> Man, I'm working on so like I'm working on just trying to get a, a hold of of my emotional state, but I'm just seeing just more and more keeps coming out of like, oh wow, like like when I say rageful, I mean like I have rage, and I'm not saying I'm the it, only one. I'm sure a lot of us stuff? do. I'm not throwing stuff, but I'm sure I'm throwing stuff on the inside. Yeah, you know. Are you just bitchy? What's your rage? It's so, let's see, how can I get into this without giving? I always give too many specifics. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I won't say the name, though, and then the name slips. I'm yeah, like, well, yeah, now yeah. you know my entire life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Fuck you, Carl. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I've, yeah, exactly. I'll tell you what I've noticed is, um, so in some of my friendships, I hold back my feelings. So if there's something I'm seeing or annoyed with, you know, I wouldn't, Oh, come on, Jada. I wouldn't <laughs> just right on it, right on the wire. Um, I would hold it back, which a lot of us do because you go, you go, well, this isn't really my business to say something. Maybe this is just my own issue that I even care. Maybe it's representing something that's actually disturbing me about me yeah, yeah, and I'm seeing it in them. them. Yeah. So like I never really know when I'm annoyed what's me just being bitchy or yeah. what's like a legit thing I should bring up. So um I guess like one of the things is I got into like a little dispute thing with a friend where something quote unquote annoyed me that wasn't that big of a deal, although it felt like a bigger deal. And I kind of snapped. Oh, no. (laughs) I know. And like I I unleashed in a way that not like yelling. Yeah. I didn't need to yell. I that's the thing about me. I I don't think women need to yell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing is that like. Don't you find it funny when somebody's like, oh, I'm in a fight with a friend. You're just like, oh, my God, did you punch each other? Did you yell? And you're like, no, I just kind of gave her a look. And she knew. And now yeah. we're not talking. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? You're like, oh, that's bad. That's really bad. Yeah. Yeah. It was more than a look. I can tell you that. But, you know, it, I, I said things that were intense in the sense of like, like I gave like, it was almost like an abusive tarot reading without yeah. the tarot, you know? <laughs> And I feel bad laughing. I'm not laughing at the person. I'm yeah, laughing no. at me. Yeah. Because once again, like, I don't think people, because I try so hard all the time to do this healing work and to be kind and to, like, maintain myself when I do, quote unquote, fuck up. They're like, oh, Kate's not, like, I know I'm saying the word cunt and I'm not saying it in, in like, a way to fucking be yeah. mean to myself. But like, oh, Kate can fucking stab a bitch. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, I'm like, don't get it twisted. Like, some of my friends in the comedy world are like the meanest but best insult comics. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. like, there's a reason why I can hang with those people. I just don't want to hurt people. Yeah, of course. Do you get what I'm saying? But like, so I'm just, I'm just seeing the importance actually of always expressing yourself in friendships because when you don't, oh, yeah, it it'll builds- come out in some way. Yeah, it builds up. And like, I, for me, like, I think nothing makes me writhe in uncomfortableness, like passive aggressiveness. And like, if I see myself even do it like a tinge, like I did it a tinge with my boyfriend like a week ago and it still bothers me. And I'm like, 
fuck, we have to have a conversation because I'm even slightly being passive aggressive. If I see like another couple or like siblings or friends and they're being passive aggressive, it makes me want to hit both of them. Like it makes me crazy because it's just like, just tell them how you feel. Like, why can't you express yourself? But I also have a huge problem with expressing myself. So it's just this huge like... But it's we're like, also scared of confrontation, even I if it's positive. So terrified of confrontation. It's so scary. I just I think because I know why I'm scared. Like my parents, I had such a like chaotic upbringing that I didn't know who I was coming home to. So like, I mean, my mom was either sad or indifferent and my dad was either nice or mean. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like there wasn't like it was everything. It was in, like what my dad would be mean about and what my dad would be nice about made no sense. Yeah. And what my mom would freak out about never made sense. Because so, it's always about deeper stuff, oh right? Oh, my God. And then, it would be, yeah. it was, it's like ridiculous. So I now understand as an adult that I go into every situation, even if I know you, like even some of my best friends I've known for 15 years and I, I've approached them time over time over time and they've it, it's been a good situation, I still go in like, Hey, I know. <laughs> like, uh, and I'm always I'm always on the defensive. And so when you're always on the defensive, you think, well, what can I do to avoid this? And I, I always in general, because I can be a moody person, I do do the same thing where I take a couple of days to be like, is this a me issue or is this the us issue? Yeah, because truthfully, like you said, there's some weeks where all of a sudden everything's annoying you and it, it just feels like what sucks about you is being shined in your face, reflected off somebody else. And you're like, this could be about me. I'm not going to approach him until I figure it out. And then even when you think you have figured it out, you're just like, well, let's be prepared to lose this friendship. Like, I feel like every conversation I go into is like, I'm putting, like, I'm literally putting down, I'm like just putting in all my money. I'm like, every time I have a conversation, I'm betting everything. (laughs) And it's like, why can't I just tell somebody they hurt my feelings? Like, why can't I do that without, thinking that everybody's it's terrifying we me. are not taught we are not taught as kids most of us I'm sure some are how to handle disagreements in a way where you get to have your opinion they get to have theirs you can disagree but how to bridge that gap in a way that's less scary and also not taking it personally the whole time yeah and also a disagreement doesn't mean you don't care about somebody yeah like that's my hardest thing is that if I if somebody doesn't, not even that they don't agree with me, because I have no problem being wrong, but like there is, it's like that Louis C.K. quote, I'm probably going to butcher it, where he goes, um, if you hurt somebody's feelings, you don't have the right to tell them that they, that you didn't, you know what I mean? Or that they're yeah. not hurt. So it's just like, you can, you can explain to me why maybe I misinterpreted you and that how, how I'm interpreting this isn't. I shouldn't be hurt or whatever, but you can't tell me that that I didn't have that experience. You know what I mean? Yes. And like, I learned that from my friend Nitika, my friend Nitika, like I'm very much like my father. So I'm that kind of like fix it person. Like I'm very much a guy where like, if you start telling me your problems, I'm like, well, if you did this and if you did that and you know, you know, if you said this and maybe you should avoid that. And like my friend Nitika, like 10 years ago was like, "Mm, no, just listen. (laughs) Like she literally like almost like a dog. Like, no, just sit. And listen. My brother's done that to me. <laughs> He's like, could you not try to fix it and actually just hear me right now? Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And, and and even today, even though I've gotten better at listening, there is a part of me that always is like, well, like, I'm not doing enough. I just listened. Like, I really <laughs> do. Like, I'll walk away from a conversation. Like, a friend of mine, it was just even a text conversation. He was telling me that, like, you know, his mom was sick and his brother is sick and they're in the hospital and he's scared and da 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 And I was like, and like, I'm going to be staying with him in a week. I was like, is there anything I can do? Can I help? Da 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 He's like... I just feel better telling you and I was like really (laughs) I was almost almost like like, I'm glad like I did it like a part of me is like every time I do it and somebody's like you helped I'm like who do I call (laughs) but then it was like okay you sure you don't want me to like buy flowers or like drive them to appointments like a part of me is just like how do I fix this like maybe I just like give them blood cells like what do they need like how many kidneys do you want one (laughs) fine I'll give you both I'm not gonna live anymore but fine here you go but that's what shows you. It's like, and this is a quote, and I know it's corny, but it's like th- someone said, like the best present is your presence. Yeah. And I think we're taught like you're supposed to give, though. You're supposed to give, get, and it's like you are giving just by listening. That's yeah. what people just want to be heard and seen. Yeah. And so I think, like, my boyfriend now has probably been the best relationship I've ever been in, just because I've like it really is that like age has taught me to like 
not trust my gut feeling. I know that sounds crazy, but my gut feeling is always nobody likes me and everybody's trying to hurt me or nobody wants to be around me. So to know that that's, you know, some evil voice in my head from childhood that just won't go away. So to assume this person cares about me, so they're not purposely trying to hurt me has fixed like just that knowledge has fixed 90% of my relationships. Yeah. Right there. So then when you go in going, this person cares about me and they want to know if they've accidentally hurt me. So then you, you go in that way. So then when you're going in a place, cause like think of it this way, if you think someone's purposely hurting you, you're going to go in mean. But if you think someone's accidentally hurt you, you're going to be like, Hey, I don't think you meant to do this but you said this and it kind of hurt my feelings. So now you're approaching it in a nicer way. And that's like, truthfully, as I remind myself with him or anybody else, like these people care about me and they wouldn't be in my life differently. It makes me approach the conversation differently. I need help with this, Liz. You're saying it and you're so right. And I'm still so defensive that I can't, do you know what I mean? Like that's where I want to get where you're like, oh, this is just you. You have good intentions so let's, you know what I mean? Like I go in like already hurt and wounded by yeah. their behavior yeah. that wasn't meant to do that. And yeah. it makes the whole thing. Well, I've learned I have a, I like Instagram has really changed my life in the cheesiest way. Like just the term filter has like, I, I just, I tell people I have a broken filter. You know what I mean? So it just made me think of the thing we were pitching. No filter. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? But it's true though. Yeah. Like when we were writing that, it was so true. Like I, stuff comes out of my mouth and I'm like, well, that wasn't how I was supposed to handle that. Yeah. But like, if I go in to most conversations believing that I'm interpreting it wrong, everything goes so much smoother. Like, it sounds crazy. If I believe that I'm wrong and my inner voice is wrong and I, I just assume people care about me, everything goes great. But if I go with my gut feeling, which is like, you fucking are trying to hurt me and you can go fuck, like this, this like Jersey, New York, I go fuck yourself. Everybody's out to attack me. And that's, I mean, pretty much how I've always felt. I mean, I burn bridges left and right and I don't even try to. It's just, I'm hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's that, that, you know, somebody steps on your shoe and they're about to punch you in the face and you're like, yo, what is going on in your life that that little bit can set you off? But that's how I felt my entire life. And I wasn't like a hit somebody, scream at somebody kind of person, but I was a, I'll never talk to you again. I was an Italian. Well, we're never speaking again. (laughs) You know what I mean? Well, this relationship is over. And like, I hear stories from my family and they're like, oh yeah, we haven't spoken 30 years. And you're like, why? And they're like, I don't know. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like the story's like, I don't know. Somebody must have not done something right and you're just like nobody wanted to fix this no it couldn't have been any kind of misinterpretation so like just just that it sounds crazy like you know how most people are like like that um if you can go into it and admit that you're wrong or you know I like I'm wrong I like I go into every argument assuming I'm wrong (laughs) and it's it weirdly is very helpful it sounds like it's balancing the other thing right because because I get what you're saying, because it's not necessarily that you are wrong, but when you assume you're right, that's where the match is already in your hand and you're about to literally throw it on the Because if I assume I'm right, everybody is purposely trying to make my life a living hell. Yeah. Like, and how crazy is that? And people do, I mean, my family has that chip on their shoulder. I'm still not out of that completely, yeah. for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And there are, I mean, I have dropped people because... They, because that's the worst. Is like you go in being like, "Hey, I know you didn't mean to hurt my feelings, but you said this, and this is how I interpreted it, and it really, I mean, some of it's my issue." Did it? And you have this kind of gentle conversation. They're like, "Well, that seems like a you problem," and da 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 da, and then and they start attacking, and you're like, "Ooh, maybe I did. Maybe maybe this was you being mean to me." Like you know what I mean? And that's when like, and like if every time you say, "Hey, you hurt my feelings," and I know it's not a big deal or whatever issue. Right now, clearly, I have a lot of feelings, so that's what I'm bringing up. But like. If every time you try to approach something and it's they're always defensive back and they're always throwing it at you, it's like, you could be a good person, but I can't handle that. And yeah. I, I've learned to walk away from it because I used to try to save every relationship and avoided confrontation so much that I was always like kind of walking on eggshells around yeah. everybody. And now it's like everybody in my life wants to be there gets that I'm a sensitive person like that's like the thing like half the time with my boyfriend I just like I start every conversation and I'm like well I'm really sensitive and he's like baby I know because <laughs> it is it's like I go into every conversation really shameful where I'm like you know this thing you probably don't remember that you did we're gonna talk about it for 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> but, but we're it, all 
all so sensitive and that's so endearing. I'm sure there are different, you know, levels because I'm also a very sensitive where I'm like, I know you probably didn't mean it, but when you said pass the ketchup. (laughs) But I think that's where also trust comes in, where it's like on both ends, if you can trust each other, then you can get through something like that. Yeah. And like it, what's hard for me is I've built up deep trust with people and I still get scared to talk to them. Like I, it really does. I mean, there's, I also, if I'm in a good place, it feels like that voice quiets a little more and I can go into it. But for the most part, even with friends I know love me and would do anything for me and I've known them for 15 years, I still get scared to tell them stuff. It's, it's, it, it, for whatever reason, it's, it's something that I've kind of realized might not go away, but I can almost, um, it's almost like how, um, you have like a table that's broken, like it's wobbly. So somebody puts like a piece of cardboard under it and it's like, that's just how that table lives now. It has a piece of cardboard under it. So it's like, it's never really a fixed table. It just has like this little addendum, like this little thing. So it's like, I always have to kind of make sure I have my cardboard. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because I, I, I'm, I, I kind of, it, for some reason it's never, I've been in a therapy eight years. I'm aware of it. It just seems to not go away. Like I just kind of always assume Nobody wants to be around me. <laughs> we're, we all just have these wounds we walk around with, right? So like crazy. We're these imperfect beings that are all so insecure and vulnerable and so much more. And it's, yeah, it's so nice when you can share it with people. You know what I mean? And start being like, oh, you have that too. Oh, you're so terrified of conflict, even though you've been friends for 20 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know that the person's not really going anywhere. It's just, you know, it is really scary. Like if I ever had, I mean we've gotten into things. My, my closest friend, Tina, I'm still scared of, of disagreeing with her. It was so funny. Yesterday we were talking on the phone and we got into a disagreement about something, not even that big of a deal. And I said something where I was like, well, I disagree. And she goes, she said something like, yeah, I know dumbass. That's why they called it disagreement. But like, cause I was like, still, she said her piece and I said mine and I still had a state, even though it was obvious. I disagree. She's like, yeah, you idiot. Know, yeah, got it. <laughs> but got it was it. like such a funny, like, yeah, it's pretty yeah. obvious. Yeah. Thanks for spelling that one out. Kate. I feel like I had to say that, like, I am not believing your side, yeah. you know? I do like the idea that you write it in a note and you mail it to her. Just, <laughs> we're still not on the same page. Yeah. You're, Tina's on this side. I'm on this side. Just so you know. A whole outline. <laughs> I've drawn pictures. Your points, my points. Our circles are not coming together. Yeah. There is no compro- <laughs> There is no Kate Tina. There will never be a Kate Tina. <laughs> yeah, this Venn diagram has very little overlap. I just need everyone to know. Just so funny. Do you want to get into this email that's pretty heavy? Yeah. You're like, not at all. Yeah. Let's see. Okay. Um, Part of me is just like, I have been in therapy for quite some time. (laughs) Here she goes. Okay. So this is therapist Mealy who's going to be. Yeah. So this is a very intense one. I got it this morning. Oh, okay. So, and it's, it's a bit long, but okay. So, um, For a little bit of background information, I'm a 17-year-old girl. So 17 is very young. 17-year-old girl. And this week, all the schools in my district travel up to a beach and stay in cottages where each night everyone parties, drinks, smokes, and does drugs. Last night was our last night. So naturally, everybody was excessively drinking and smoking. Oh, my God. So this literally happened last night. Oh, my God. Okay. So naturally, everyone was excessively drinking and smoking, including me, who had been drinking all day and more than ever had before and more than I ever had before. Okay. Early on in the night, some guy's cat called us and started to chat up one of the girls in our group who told them at midnight we were all going to go skinny dipping at the beach. Fast forward, we went skinny skinny dipping on the beach and the same guys came along when we were done and started to chat us up. One of the guys particularly took interest in me and asked me to go on a walk with him and drunk me did. He was wearing swim trunks, an undone jersey, a hat, and had his cell phone. We went walking and he asked me if we could go back to one of the cottages to hook up and I told him no. To clarify, I was into making out with him or doing something along those lines, but he was not. He only wanted one thing from me. After walking for a little bit, we came to a grassy area near the water. He took towels out of the bag that I put down and put me down to the towels and immediately started to kiss me. 
The next thing I know, not even 15 seconds after we started to kiss, he's jamming his fingers inside of me and asking me if I liked it. Jesus. Of course I didn't, and I started to cry out in pain as he literally ripped my vagina. I was bleeding the next day. Oh, my God. After telling him to stop a few times, he did, and kept on asking me to suck his dick, which I kept on responding with, no, I don't want to. From here, he started to ask me to have sex with him, which I kept on responding with, no, I need to leave. My friends are calling me and are worried about me. After denying him several times for both, he seemed to be getting more and more aggressive in his tone of voice. After asking me to get on top of him and me denying because I was afraid he would just stick his dick in me, he got fed up. Next thing I know, he was on top of me, pinning me down, trying to move my underwear so he could fuck me. With me saying the entire time, no, I don't want to have sex with you, and he continued to try. He then gave up and asked me if he could dry hump me, which I responded to as yes, since it was better than getting raped, and I was too drunk to move, and his weight was too great for me to get out from under him. After dry humping me and coming, he got off me, and I grabbed my stuff, picked up my phone, since my friend was calling me, and ran to where they were. Today, while packing up our cottage, he figured out where we were staying, walked onto the property and into the house, startling me and my friends and asked if I had his keys in my bag. At this point, I was shaking and could hear my heart in my ears as I responded with no. He then said some shit I do not remember. And as he was walking out, he smirked at my friends as if he was acknowledging what he did. Not only that, but the night before, he never had keys with him, meaning he was looking for an excuse to come over. He was only wearing shorts, an undone jersey, a hat, and his phone in his hands. Overall, the entire experience has me fucked up. I do not want to tell my mother, and I don't have any way to find out who he is and press charges. Do you think what I experienced was, do you think what I experienced was considered him trying to rape me, but in the end sexually assaulting me? I am addressing it as an attempted rape and have troubles trying to accept it as I always thought I would be the type of person to get out of that situation. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. I mean, 17 years old, that was very beautifully written. Is that a weird way to talk about <laughs> an email? That's talking it about was expressed. I mean, at no, like I actually don't think she was blaming herself and she shouldn't blame herself. She acknowledged that she drank too much probably should not have gone for a walk with a guy she doesn't really know, you know, repeatedly expressed that she wasn't interested, was able, I mean, it sounds so, it's going to sound so weird. Like to me, I feel like she should be proud of herself. Like that could be, she handled it the best she could in a situation where she was incredibly disadvantaged, both by size and inebriation and, it's unfortunate because she was sexually assaulted and she was taken advantage of, but she also sounds like she is mindful enough and smart enough to know how she can avoid that in the future. Cause sadly being a woman is about avoiding situations and it's not about holding people accountable, sadly in our society. And even she was trying to hold this man accountable, but she didn't have all the information and even that's like a big calling card is if you don't have all the information about somebody, maybe this isn't a situation you should be in. But I mean, as somebody that has been sexually assaulted many times, especially as a teenager, because I was doing stand up when I was 16 years old and I was like, everybody wants to be my friend. You don't want to be my friend. There's a lot of like, eh, it doesn't seem like you want to just be my friend. <laughs> took me about three years to understand people didn't want to just be my friend. Um, I spent many years beating myself up thinking that I did something wrong and I was stupid and how did I get myself in this situation? But the truth of the matter is, is it's unfair that as a woman, you cannot just get drunk with your friends and meet new people and go for a walk with a stranger. Like it sucks and it's not fair. But unfortunately, she's learning a very valuable lesson about you have to be more protective of yourself. And if you are going to be inebriated, you have to have close people around you and not go off with strangers. Like it, it sucks as it comes out of my mouth to say that because it's, I remember, I remember getting drunk when I was 17 year old with my friends and my, my buddy Navin specifically prevented 
many sexual assaults by ripping dudes off me because he knew I was drunk and they had pulled me into an alley. And I mean, I got stuck in a dude's car when I was, I think I was 15 years old. This guy um, who's like a part of our friends kind of thing. But I remember he, um, he asked to go for a walk. I went for a walk with him. He was like kissing me. I wasn't really attracted to him, but I was like 15 and I was like, I guess I should be doing this. You know what I mean? All my friends are making out with people. And then we got into his car. I now call it the rape mobile because you couldn't get out of the passenger side. Are you serious? You couldn't get out of the passenger side. That's insane. Yeah. So I was 15 years old. I had never done anything sexually. I've like made out with like two people. And he um, unzipped his pants, took my hand and put it on his dick. And I was like, and keep in mind, I've never done. I'm like. I cannot tell you how little. Very smooth, guys. Yeah, Let me yeah, just say yeah. something like, it's like they, we'll get into that in a second because I want you to finish. But just in general, like some of these people who are so wanting sexual action or whatever you'd yeah. call it and have no idea how to like get into that in a way where it's like, is the girl comfortable? Does yeah, she want yeah. this? Like, it's like they almost don't want to hear your no. No, of course not. So keep in mind, I we just talked about having not being able to have any conflict. So here I am, 15 years old. He's part of my group of friends and my hand is on his dick. First of all, I don't even know what to do with it. Like I have literally, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do with it. So he's taking my hand and moving it back and forth. I'm incredibly uncomfortable. I'm not happy. Um, I take my hand back. I'm like, I don't want to do this. Um, I don't even know if I said I don't want to do this. I just kept taking my hand back and he just kept putting my hand there. And so finally I got on top of him and opened up the door (laughs) and ran out. And then I didn't hang out with my group of friends. We used to hang out in Princeton. I didn't hang out with them for almost six months and I didn't tell anybody. Like I finally told people after six months, but they're like, why don't you come into town anymore? I was like, oh, I'm busy. I got homework. Like I just like it. It was so jarring and it was so overwhelming to me that I was just like, I'm in a situation that I don't know how to fix this. And I, feel, and keep in mind, I feel like I did something wrong. Yeah. I feel like I disappointed this man. How sad is that? I just knew I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be doing that. I didn't like that guy. And I didn't know how to get out of the situation. And I felt literally trapped. So, I mean, as I continued to drink my feelings away, I got into more situations where I eventually kind of didn't care that things were happening. And my buddy Naven twice when I was 16 years old ripped dudes off of me and was like, if she doesn't like you and she's sober, doesn't mean you can have her when she's drunk. Like the kid is like amazing. And then of course I went to college and I didn't have a Naven, but you know, it's, it's unfortunate that most women learn after their first sexual assault. You know what I mean? Like there's not, I mean, in life in general, a lot of mistakes have to happen for you to learn the lesson. But this is a sad reality that most women learn about the boundaries they have to put on their own lives and the restraints they have to put on their lives and the protection they have to build around themselves because so many of these things happen. So I just started wearing dresses on stage like two years ago. Um, mostly because I then have to walk home alone at 2 a.m. in a dress. Yeah. And I I didn't like it. It scared me. I have a 10-minute walk in Brooklyn. I live in a nice area of Brooklyn, but it's still 2 a.m. in Brooklyn. And I don't drink. I haven't had a drink in like four years. So it's like I'm sober, but I'm also still a tiny woman at 2 a.m. on a Tuesday walking in a easily accessible piece of attire. And I still it still bothers me sometimes. I carry pepper spray. I carry... um, a um I call it a cat punch but it's a safety cat have you heard of those Mm -mm. so it's brass knuckles that look like a cat so you put your your fingers in the eye holes and the ears they have safety dogs as well okay for a cat my mom bought me a cat um and so the ears are they're illegal in New York City I've had it taken away from me at jury duty and like I remember because I remember the police officers like you know this is illegal like you could go to jail for this and I was like so is rape (laughs) (laughs) like I don't know what to tell you like I'm just gonna buy another one but I carry weapons with me. I've always carried weapons yeah. with me. It, I think mentally it makes me feel safer. But truthfully, I've, you know, I, I have not been jumped by a stranger. I have mostly been jumped by people that we know to yeah. some degree. Well, you know, real quick, I'll address this girl. I think you said something beautiful, which I agree with. Is just already, I'm saying this to the girl, you've expressed yourself wonderfully which will help you get through this 
I would even suggest, if possible, finding a counselor, a therapist to process these feelings with. Because, you know, at 17, you and, you know, Liz and I have done a lot of work on ourselves, but like the guilt yeah, you do. that's you going to come up. You feel guilty that you somehow put yourself in this situation. Like you should know everything. Yeah, especially at 17. It's like, of course, of course, those kinds of situations are going to happen. But it's also like we're taught as women to never let your guard down. You're never allowed to just get drunk. You're never allowed to be free. You're never allowed to believe that you're safe. And when you do, sometimes there's consequences. And then for some reason, you're blamed. Yeah. And it's sad. It's like the first thing people blame most women of sexual assault or rape is, well, what was she wearing? What was she doing? How much was she drinking? Oh, she was Where drinking was she? and smoking? Well, yeah. then she Yeah, somehow deserved she deserved it. it. We're like, what the fuck is that about? Well, you know, I've been thinking... So I, on Netflix, I've been watching this show called The Last Kingdom, which is essentially um, these wars that led to a united kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like the newer Christians, you know, Englandish people versus the pagans that were already there and both groups in my eyes are not getting it quote unquote right um but what's interesting is there's so much violence and rape in the series and of course same with like game of thrones and a lot of these you know shows and first of all i'm watching it and i'm there's a part of me that's like almost into the violence right and i start feeling guilty because i'm not a fan of rape you know what i mean like and yet i've seen like rape porn like yeah. hopefully not real rape porn but you know yeah, what I mean yeah, like yeah. there is a part of I think all of us that's drawn to violence in certain forms and I was thinking about it as I'm watching this documentary I'm like what is it that makes humans so violent and and rape and murder and I'm like oh that's right once again we are animals yeah and we forget that we are like apes walking the earth yeah. And I always say this, Nathan McIntosh calls people coked up apes. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I feel bad saying it cause I always wanted him to be the one to say that phrase, but, but it spoke to me cause I'm like, we are, we, we're apes and we've forgotten and we get aggressive and people take things out on women often because we're smaller physically. Although I think that's changing, not the smaller physically, but women are stepping up into their power where it's making it harder to do that to women. But I think there's just this like very old historical lineage wound or wounds of violence in our history. I mean, wars have been going on forever, just over land. And it's still just so steeped in our land and in our physical and emotional and spiritual bodies. Like we have these very violent wounds that we carry and we're still not exactly sure how to heal them. So then all this assault keeps happening, whether it's on women or men and men, men to, or women on men, because women can rape men. I have um, a decent amount of friends who actually growing up had an older woman sexually assault them who was in a position of power. So I think until we kind of do the thing that we started this podcast off with, which is owning your own anger or jealousy or whatever it is coming up until that can be looked at and owned we're going to be acting out acting it out whether it's me being a total bitch to my son which is an act of violence not comparing it to rape at all but you get what I'm saying like you know there could be a mother who's abusing her son verbally in horrific ways and then that son goes off and assaults women because he has so much repressed rage towards women and that's what he's doing and I just think that this whole like rape violent hitting whatever these things are that are floating around through us the only way we're going to heal them is if we start really having honest conversations that it lies within all of us yeah and then also that doesn't mean that this girl at all deserved any of this just because we all all. carry these violent wounds like what happened to her is horrific um and once again all she can do is uh Kind of what you said, like, don't take on any blame for it. Yeah. And and I mean, it's going to take a while to process it. I mean, if you do have a friend in your group of friends that you feel would listen, having someone know that, like, I know a lot of the stuff that I went through both in like, you know, there was a lot of child abuse in my family, but then also any kind of fun sexual abuse in the real world, which I mean, I'm not, I don't think I've ever talked to any woman older than 15 that hasn't been sexually assaulted. I don't actually know if that exists. You know what I mean? Like it, it, 
by talking to your peers that you trust and you are close with, you will realize that they also probably have some deep wounds that they've been hiding and you can be there for each other as well. Because most, I mean, it took me a long time to talk to the women in my life about that stuff because it is a lot. And a lot of, you know, I can't, I, I, yeah, how do I say it? Okay. Um, I know, of course, Shane walks in and is about to say the most intense thing. There are also <laughs> people, women who've been insulted and, and boys by people in their family. And it's actually, whether it's yeah. a dad, a mom or um, an uncle. Will you keep talking for a second while yeah, I get yeah, Shane in here? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I'm going to be listening. Hold on. <laughs> I like how we continue the podcast. Yeah. I mean, to me, I, I feel... I feel that most people kind of have trouble letting go of, I would say letting go of the guilt because you somehow always blame yourself or you think that you're the only person going through something. So I think the more times that I've found a safe person to share it with, which is, you know, its own feet has made it help me process it more. When do you find that kind of safe person? Cause I, I mean, I, I have had several, I have still several friends that were Mm -hmm. um, sexually assaulted by people in their family. And that is a wound that, just like my broken filter, they have, you know, issues that are constantly always there. And having, being a person to them that they could trust to talk about that and to work through that. And I think it's important. So like, just like she's scared to tell friends and and people close to her there's other people around you that you don't realize are just as scared yeah. to share that as well um we're all carrying such dark things whether they're secrets or not yeah um and yeah it's 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 like being in relationship with people and sharing it and not having to hold it you know by ourselves but like there's no way that's why and i've said this before shows like to catch a predator it's very hard for me to laugh. Now, once again, Chris Hansen is hysterical or was hysterical on there. His dry delivery of like, well, hello, you know, like yeah. that's ridiculous. But the part that I could never laugh at is how common it is for men to be assaulting women underage, not underage, whatever. But it's not even me going men versus women or predator versus not predator. It's this disease that yeah. that lies within the soil <laughs> you know yeah. and when I say soil I obviously don't just mean like the actual soil and you know and that's why I hate when we gang up on anyone in the media too because it's so easy right like a celebrity slips up and says something that someone finds offensive and I'm not oh, saying yeah. like there are some people like Bill Cosby it's like get them yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. but like but we all mess up we all say idiot I mean the only difference between us and a celebrity is that people aren't watching us from the bushes waiting for our for our next mistake i mean there there we is... would all be screwed oh we all would all be. of us I, I mean people would see me picking my nose way too much and that's just the least of it i've been doing this more and more like when i do shows like after like i headline a show like i'll be like hey i'm on facebook and instagram and stuff like that i always first tell them not to follow me on instagram because it's all cat pictures but then i tell them i was like hey you know i try stuff off on twitter i you know jokes take time i was like i say dumb stuff all the time if you can't be forgiving, then don't follow me. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I'm, I don't have to tell you I'm an idiot. Like I just stopped saying retarded as like, you know what I mean? Like literally as an adjective verb, like as like a word that connects other words, like, like two years ago. Cause a friend of mine was like, could you, could you, could you not? And I was like, Oh yeah, I probably should be less of an idiot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I still slip with certain words. I try to never say them publicly because it's never my intention to hurt anyone I have a thing where if I know I'm not supposed to say certain words it almost gives it more power that doesn't mean I walk around saying horrific words trust me for the most part I'm saying the words astral realm and crystals but like (laughs) but but there is a thing where it's like when something's so forbidden it gets a power over it that's insane we need to heal the deeper wound around the word absolutely that's because because then what happens is you weren't allowed to say retarded and then you weren't allowed to say special and then you weren't allowed to say you know doing this out of order imbecile and it's like 
we can keep changing the word, but there's an underlying hate problem that's going on that's deeper than any of this stuff. And the thing about the whole, like, when we go after a celebrity, we love to point the finger and pretend that we're totally absolved to whatever issue it is we're seeing. Yeah, like, like the Rob Kardashian Black China thing. Have you heard about this? I don't know. So they were together. She had his baby. And I, she was cheating on him. I guess he didn't fully know. He had just paid for her to get surgery to get her body back after the baby whatever and she has like a ridiculous body with like the big big fake boobs and fake butt like she has like a kim kardashian like body right Mm -hmm. but then he found out she was cheating and took nude pictures and put them out there oh my god horrific revenge porn he might actually get jail time for it because Yeah. yeah but the point is is on either side people want to go after one person or the other and i'm like we've all i'm not saying what he did is okay or acceptable but we all have things that we do that are not okay or acceptable. And yeah. I just think it's so funny when the lynch mob comes out. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I would never do something like that. Yeah. There are so many dudes, whether they did revenge porn or not, a girl breaks up with them and they show all their friends her pictures. Like, yeah. this is something he did it in a way that was so public and yeah, spread yeah. it. That's, you know, once again, I'm not saying that this is okay. But we forget that we have our own shit and it's coming out in other forms. And the funny thing is we're talking about assault, physical rape. I sometimes think that I am rapey spiritually. (laughs) (laughs) What? Like in a sense, like if I if I'm around someone and I see something that they might not be ready for, I don't think I do this like I used to. So I shouldn't I don't think I do this. I used to be bad about it unconsciously where I'd be like. I'd give them like a tarot reading they didn't ask for without the tarot cards. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, ooh, I see something. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like, yo, Kate, like literally this podcast is called well, Invasion of Privacy. And I feel like I was going in. But I, I I mean, I had that issue where like, where like, you're like, can I fix you? Yes. <laughs> you know I mean? Like, where like somebody's just like, ah, I just want to help you. And it's like, first of all, it's like one of the most insulting things. Like if you have it done to yourself, you're just like, oh, that's cute that you think you have your life together enough to tell yeah, me. Back the live. fuck yeah, up, yeah. you know, you're like, but it's like, it's not your, I mean, I get it. Like I, I get the idea of like, it comes weirdly from a good place, but it really is you trying to fix yourself. Like it is so yes. creepy where you realize that you're just like, well, if I help this person, they'll just be happy. And you're just like, are you trying to like, pick someone else so that you feel better about yourself like it's crazy that's like my life is seriously it's like I will fix you so then you can fix me yeah instead of actually going in with the tools and and doing it myself and it is I mean it's insane that the ways that we try to escape our own pain yeah and yeah I was doing the whole fix it and there's this woman Anne Lamott I don't know if you ever heard of her you would Mm. actually really like her and she, I posted a speech of hers, like a two, three minute clip on my uh, Facebook page saying where she was basically like, when you try to go in and fix someone and give them advice they don't want or ask for, it's super toxic for them. Yeah. Because it's their life. You, you're you assuming you know what they need and what they have to do. And that's crazy. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so guilty of that. Where I'm yeah. like, yeah, follow. Here's the map. I have for you, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, it's like, where's your fucking map, Kate? Like, yeah. focus on your own lane. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, I think it's, I think that, I mean, that's definitely an issue I had that I have pulled back most, like, most of it. It's it still, it still bubbles up inside of me where I'm just like, and I'm like, no, no, <laughs> step it back. Nobody wants to hear from you and you have, you have nothing close to having your life together. But I, I mean... It's funny because like you can, this is like, I think the best thing about like a podcast like this or even like stand up for me is that I'm able to just put my flaws and my issues and my experiences out there and I can tell people how I'm processing them. And if you can get something from that, awesome. Yeah. And if the only thing you can get out of it is that I'm funny or thank God I'm not her. Like, you know what I mean? Like, whatever. Like, a part that's of so me funny like, that came out. I can't picture anyone saying, thank God I'm not her. That's why I was like, what? You're lovely. Who the fuck would sell? What monster would say that? Let me fix it for you. But you know what I mean? Like, when you're able to, like, so now it's just like, I'm just going to tell, tell you my experiences and how I feel and how I interpret myself and whatever you gain from that, great. Because, you know, most people say with art in general, once it leaves you, you don't have control of it, of it anymore. And I would love to tell that to, like, my father about his children. <laughs> like, once we left you, not yours anymore. You can't control us. Um, 
But it is kind of the same way. We're like, all right, this is what happened to me. This is how I feel about stuff. If this helps you, great. If this doesn't apply to you or you don't think it's good for you, also great. Yeah. Let it be there. But like, I don't know. There is that, that idea of trying to save people that I don't know why that was how I was raised, but I am always constant. And I don't think I do anything well. So I don't know what that comes from either, where it's just like, I could fix you. I can't fix myself. I always say on stage sometimes I go, um, I go, oh, I have, I was like, I've been in therapy for eight years. Let me give you some advice. I'm not taking myself. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I just think like the more that I actually am taking my advice and doing it, the less I think I know the answers for everyone else. Yeah. You're like, okay, oh, most of this is a fucking mystery anyway. Yeah. I actually have very little answers, you know, what it comes down to. Because I project a lot. Yeah. And I'm seeing, and that's crazy too, when you start being like, oh, this person doesn't like me. And they're like, wait, do I not like that person? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I just, I, I was in a, like a social situation, I guess a couple weeks ago where it was like a bunch of people and I was like feeling like no one liked me. And I'm like, I don't think you like them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was like, I think I've gone through that a lot of my life where you're so wanting to be accepted first yeah. that you're like, Oh, they don't accept me. They don't accept me. And then suddenly you're like, you don't even want to be a part of this yeah. at all. Yeah. Like, and I was like, how so funny that I couldn't just say that that's part of the confrontation. Yeah. It was too scary for me to just say, Oh, I don't really want to be here. It's no big deal. Yeah. Instead I had to like make them hate me. Yeah. And that is interesting. I, I mean, I, I feel like, I think you just have to learn. It's like that voice is in a different language and you have to learn that language. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm constantly being like, oh, this is a new projection I made up. Let's see what this means. (laughs) Like I, I I do feel like I inch forward and I understand myself more and more each year. But I also think I dig deeper and learn more things that suck about me each year as well. So it's I mean, it feels like it's like kind of like a forever battle. Healing is fun, huh? Oh it's funny. God. I So my therapist and I, we're, we're very close. She's also my teacher in my school. And I just, I'm seeing how much I project even onto her. And it's just funny because I'll be like, well, you feel like this. And she'll be like, nope. Like, and I'm like, really? <laughs> I and she says it so calmly. She's like, that's a projection. And I'm like, are you, fu- are you fucking with me? Have you ever felt like you were having a fight with your therapist? Oh, yeah. Like I, so my therapist had breast cancer like 15 years ago and she couldn't have kids. And like now she has a kid and I have a joke about it, but um, she had a surrogate. But when she first told me she was having a kid, I was like, you lying bitch. Um, (laughs) But, um, you know, I'm such a like Jersey trash kind of person. So I wish cancer on people all the time. Just like a fun, fun fact about me. Um, And I was in a session. I was ranting about somebody and I like was talking about how I hope they get cancer and die. Like just being crazy. Like stuff I would say to my friends. Like I would say like my relationship with my therapist is how I talk to my friends just slightly worse Um, because she has to listen for the full hour while my friends are like, well, I got to go pick up the kids. (laughs) Oh, I hear God calling. Got to get the Got to pick up the phone. So, you know, as I'm ranting, I don't think about it. And then I thought I saw a face. And for a week, I was like, I fucking just talked about wishing cancer on somebody. And this woman, like, almost died of cancer. And I'm a horrible person. Da, 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 da. So, like, I was waiting for the next session. I was like, I apologize in person. And then I couldn't handle it. Like, I could not handle how guilty I felt. So I wrote her an email. And I was like, hey, I said this in a session. I wasn't thinking. It was incredibly insensitive. And I'm sure I really upset you. And I feel really bad. And she was like, oh, Liz, I've known you, like, six years. <laughs> it's fine. Didn't even think anything of it. It's like literally she was like, didn't didn't think anything of it. And I was like, oh. Okay, because I thought we were breaking up. Like <laughs> I get like that too. Like it's and I think we all do. One of my friends, um, she misread one of my tweets. She like could have swore it was about her. Not at all. Yeah. And I'm so happy she brought it up. Because yeah. she would have been holding on to that thinking, you know what I mean? Like, I can't believe Kate did that. And I was so happy. I was like, oh my God, not at all. All yeah, and that's yeah. what happened with my therapist. It's so about like, our other friends. You Sarah. made this fake, yeah, exactly, <laughs> bitch. Um, yeah, but that's what happened too with my therapist. I was like, I saw this face, da, 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 da. and then I realized I was so defended already when I was telling her what I was telling her in that session that everything I was experiencing was twisted. Yeah, it was uh, whatever another word for twisted would be that I don't know. It begins with a D. Distorted? Distorted. Okay. I barely know words. I'm really proud <laughs> ding, of myself. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, it was already distorted. And I'm just seeing like, I'm like, yo, I distort like a motherfucker. I do. And it's like most of my distortion is in 
like we said before, like feeling like somebody is going to attack me or feeling like I hurt somebody. So like if I go in understanding that it's already kind of distorted, then I can kind of prevent some of that. And the worst, the worst thing to happen to me is when I have that feeling and I'm correct. Ugh. It like it, it almost is like the thing that rejuvenates that feeling. Yeah. And it's like, well, I, I saw the face and then they said I did upset them. And it's like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, some of these spidey senses are right. <laughs> damn. Yeah. It's funny how even when you are right, you're also like, fuck. <sighs> now I have to deal with that. Yeah. Shit. Well, Liz, I'm so happy you came and you came yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, where can they find you? Um, I'm on all the things, uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter. It's all at Liz Mealy, M-I-E-L-E. Um, album. Oh yeah. I have two albums. Um, emotionally exhausting as you can tell. (laughs) Um, and, uh, mind over melee and they're all on iTunes and Spotify and all the things. Amazing. And for me, I don't know when the next break free is, uh, but I will be promoting that soon. You can go to my new website, thekatewolf.com. I'm still doing tower readings. Um, So hit me up, kwolf27 at gmail.com. And I'm on Patreon as well. So yeah, thank you, Liz, for coming on. Thank you guys for listening. Bye. Bye.